1: I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Hits Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore Pod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Podders? very very exciting episode this afternoon this is episode 283 breaking down the later slate of the games on sunday we also have two or the sunday night game and then two monday night games but let's not bury the lead any longer your favorite host of the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast is back in the place after a few weeks off lucas caser Back with us this afternoon, and I believe, hopefully, back with us once a week to break down the later game slates. Lucas, my man, we've missed you. How are you doing, brother?
0: I'm doing good. I, I had some stuff to take care of and try to somehow pay attention to all these injuries in the NFL. Uh, but it feels good to finally be back to talk uh, talk some football the later games.
1: That's awesome, man. We're super stoked to have you back. And uh, you know, we had mentioned when you uh, had to, you know, step away and take a break. It just life's crazy right now, man. Everybody is dealing with things differently. I had mentioned at the time you had stepped away, we had big time fires in Oregon and the West Coast and uh, the the Midwest is having storms. The East Coast is having hurricanes. Everybody's dealing with COVID-19. Everybody has personal things. School has started back up. Work situations are insane. You know, my whole family's at home doing work and school and everything else. And so, uh, you know, obviously uh, all love and and a lot of support uh, for you just so you know that through DM and, and things, people reaching out, just saying that they had uh, missed your content and analysis here on the podcast. And um, yo, shouts out to our boy, Dweez Nuts, um, who stepped in incredibly uh, for Lucas the last couple of weeks to break down the later game slot. You can always catch Dwayne on Tuesdays doing the stat rap breakdown. He does such an, a phenomenal job there. I always Learn a lot from that. He and I do not do that podcast together, obviously, so I learn a lot from his podcast when he drops those. So you can still catch Dweez, still part of the team there on Tuesdays. Bobby Lamarco yesterday, of course, did a great job with the early game slate. Lucas is back for the later game slate, and tomorrow Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP breaking down the TCK pod listener league recap from week five and preview of week six. Yo, it's wonderful to have the family back together, man. Lucas has been a long time. Let's have some fun. We're going to break down the later slate. However, to divvy up the games a little bit, I did slide in the Broncos and Patriots game from the morning slate, just for you as the house Broncos fan, I wanted to give you an extra game here to get you back in the swing of things. Let's kick it off with the Broncos and the Patriots, the Broncos one and three so far, the Patriots two and two, of course, last week, Cam Newton did not play. They still had a chance to win that game with Brian Hoyer and Jared Sittum, but of course, they could not pull it off there. Uh, Stephon Gilmore has been in the COVID protocol, I guess we should call it. Um, not sure that he's going to play at the time of this podcast. Cam Newton should be good to go. Sonny Michelle's been on IR. James White's back. We'll see what happens with that defense. On the other side, Melvin Gordon comes up with the DUI this morning at the time of uh, recording the podcast here. We're recording on uh, Wednesday. And Melvin Gordon comes up with a DUI. We have not heard of any suspension from the team as of this podcast, but I'm sure by the time it drops, you will hear it. Uh, Philip Lindsay looks to be healthy and ready to go. Don't forget about my boy Royce Freeman. He finally could be set loose and hopefully he gets a little bit of work there. Tim Patrick's looked good for the Broncos. Jerry Judy has been great. I'm curious, Lucas, what they're going to do at the quarterback position with drew Locke getting healthier there, but your boy ripping uh, doing his best there. So, Let's get back in the swing here. We'll start with your Broncos. How are you feeling about the Broncos and the Patriots game here for fantasy?
0: Yeah, well, this is definitely past waivers when you hear this, but I, I feel like Lindsey now has to be the number one waiver. And people are probably like, why would he be on the waivers? Well, he, frankly, has played like one game, not even a game. There's the whole bye week, the whole people needed injuries. So the chance of him being on waivers is probably he's probably 60% on waivers, 40% on right now. So that he definitely uh, would have to be, I think, the number one. Um, just off of volume. I mean, I, I, personally think he's the better running back anyways. He's the more effective running back, but that being said, Royce Freeman will still get work. I don't really know how good of work that would be considering this game should be pretty negative game script. Um, I think make the lines at like eight and a half or nine or something like that. But Drew Locke is playing. They have stated, um, I don't know. I was kind of excited for some Blake Bortles action, but I guess we don't get to see that, um, Probably a good thing we don't get to see that actually. But Drew Locke should be back. And then Judy, uh, he should be good to go. Tim Patrick, he'll be good to go. Uh, Patrick's nothing more than if you needed a flex. And then I think I don't really know much on Fant because I know last week or two weeks or the the Thursday night game, which was about two weeks ago, he actually got injured. Probably wasn't going to play last week, but obviously that's a whole week. Uh, we have a whole nother week for that. So I keep an eye on him. If he plays, he should have a good game. Just do it the negative game script. And then, I mean, on the flip side, I guess, if Cam is playing, then you play your Patriots. And if he isn't playing like we saw last week, you don't play any of them because that offense is brutal without him. How do you feel
1: about the running back so far with James White coming back? Sony out. Do you believe in Damian Harris? Who's gotten a lot of hype on the waiver wires. We've also got Rex Burkhead as well. There's a lot of teams on by this week, man. We have four teams on by. And there's a lot of running backs as well, right? I mean, I do. You, I think James White's an automatic. But do you trust anybody else? We have the Raiders out, so Josh Jacobs is out. We have the uh, Justin Jackson and Kelly out for the Chargers. We have Carson out for the Seahawks, and of course, Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray out for the Saints, all on bye week. So there's you know six seven startable running backs out this week, and you're going to have to make some audibles.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. It's tough because we really haven't seen James White since week one with Cam. Obviously he played last week, but that I don't really want to take that game with anything because it was brutal. We haven't seen Harris play with Cam yet. And we've seen Burkhead kind of play with Cam. Like he didn't really have like his like his good games. I I don't know, the whole Raiders game, I think, was fluky. I think people bought in way too much against the Chiefs, and then that kind of backfired on him. And then Sony obviously is out. So basically what I think it comes down to is like, in rank, ranking them in, like, playability, I feel like you just have to take White because I don't think his role will change. He had a good good role week one. It seems like Harris was kind of the first and second down guy last week against the Chiefs when they were pretty much losing the whole time and they were still running the ball on this team. Uh, the Broncos have a better run defense than the Chiefs, but you, you'd have to think they keep Damian Harris rolling. But there's a big question mark on that. Like, if he's your last resort, sure, but I would say probably I would try to throw in James White. Um over those guys if possible. Got it. You still confident in your boy Jules? Only if Cam plays. I I, I didn't know how to evaluate it last week, um, obviously, because you would – I don't know. I guess you would think with Brian Hoyer he would go to Julian Edelman and not Demir Bird, um, but that offense couldn't go to anyone. That's how bad it was. So, like, I don't even know if it was because the quarterback or vice versa if it was because the – team isn't good but I think as long as Cam plays Edelman will be fine not the role that I think um, I mean obviously I was high on my projections with him but not the role that I think he should have I guess because that's kind of he doesn't really play a lot on the rundowns and Demir Bird gets snaps obviously because he's the downfield burner but I think Edelman will be fine he's still a wide receiver too with obvious wide receiver one floor upside um, if Cam plays
1: He did have a career high in receiving yards 178 a few weeks ago with Cam Newton. So he's definitely uh, being targeted. We'll just have to see if he gets the hyper targets there for fantasy value. All right, brother, let's get into the afternoon games here. We got the New York football Jets without Le'Veon Bell. We'll talk about in one second. And the Miami Dolphins, the Jets come in winless 0-5. No real surprise on that, but they're 0-5 and they get rid of their top running back. That's an interesting Move. The Dolphins have been playing quite well, especially against my 49ers last week. They were so good that they got Jimmy Garoppolo benched. And I know that the 49ers want you to believe that maybe he was coming back from injury uh, too early and couldn't handle it and threw interceptions because he was injured. He fucking sucks, and we've talked about that. I'm going to rest my case. The point is, he got benched. The Dolphins' defense has been great. Their secondary is healthy, and that really is the best part of their entire team, in my opinion, against these Jets, man. I On a a divisional rival, this is in Florida. I really believe that, you know, I don't think your boy Flacco is going to be able to even put up points here. They don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. Uh, Revenge game, of course, for uh, Frank Gore, but um, I think this one's going to be ugly in Miami.
0: Yeah, I the, – the thing that was holding the Dolphins back, like, for me, was, like, the team just wasn't that good. Like, prior to the season, like, their O-line wasn't that good. Their run defense was going to be bad. And they fixed that somehow. I, I don't know how their O-line has been playing above league average. Their run defense has been very, very solid. And that's how you stop the Niners, frankly. And we saw that last week. And obviously the Niners secondary, that was such a fluky game. Like, Sherman's back this week. The Jimmy G basically just kind of got thrown in there coming off injury or whatever – the team is banged up. I don't know. I think that the people are literally, they're a little overreacting to the dolphins team, but I mean, as long as Fitzpatrick still plays, I don't know, like a, he literally has been playing like a top five quarterback in the league. And the number he's putting up, I mean, I think they're going to roll the jets, the jets single-handedly might not win a game. I, I don't know a team the jets could beat besides maybe the giants. Obviously they could win a game against any team, but like, they are by far and away the worst team in the league. Um, and they're now they're taking cap hits. They're getting rid of Levy. They're taking free cap hits just to release players. The Rams did that with Gurley. We're seeing how that backfield's going. So, like, I don't know what they're trying to do. Um, but, yeah, no, the Dolphins will roll them. Start Parker, start Williams, start Gasecki. I would obviously start Fitz. Gaskin, I don't know. Like, I, if you have him, you probably have to play him. Cause if you have him by now, you've probably been playing him. But he just kind of concerns me, I guess, because this game could be – 14-10, or it could be 40 to whatever we saw last week with the Niners game. But, yeah, on the Jets' side, I don't even know who they have on their team really anymore. That, the, the, uh, oh gosh, Michael Jeff P. Smith. Ryan
1: and Frank Gordon, yeah.
0: Yeah, and Jeff Smith, like just a bunch of scrubs. So, I mean, they like in a deeper league, you might have to play those guys, but I would just avoid at all costs. And the Dolphins' defense should be a very good play this week.
1: Jamison Crowder is going to be potentially a nice start playing out of the slot for the most part. Um you know Mike Asiki might uh, might get some more rain over the middle of the field and not out on the outside there but um you know Jeff Smith has been hyper targeted which has been great uh but I don't expect him to do much and uh Braxton Berrios as well and let's you know we got to talk about On Bell here real quick now we talked about this with Bobby basically with breaking news last night and and uh, in yesterday into today so I don't, want to, I don't want to speculate too much of where you think he's going to land because the reality is he can land anywhere very quickly, and I don't really want to spend a bunch of time on hyperbole stuff. My question to you, Lucas, though, is put yourself in the Le'Veon, uh, Le'Veon Bell fantasy manager position. He's on your bench. You drafted him in, like, the fourth, fifth round most likely. You tempered expectations, but you do expect a, quote-unquote, bell cow running back. He's not getting the workload. He already missed three games due to injury. He finally came back. He got one target out of the backfield. He's basically been outshined by Frank Gore. He's no longer on the Jets, which I think we all agree is a positive. We don't know where he's going to land as of this podcast. But if you're if you're a Le'Veon Bell manager, what are you doing? You can't drop him. You can't put him on your IR. You have to put him on your bench. But are you trying to like acquire him? In other leagues, you don't have him? Are you trying to sell him for anything you can get? Are you holding tight? What is your general mood right now on Le'Veon Bell?
0: I mean, if someone wants to trade for him, I would say you have to – I mean, like I wouldn't say to throw it away for anything, but like I don't – you could run through every scenario of a place he will land and he won't have similar value to what he had on the Jets. Obviously, he could score 20 touchdowns on another team, right? But like the, the volume he had on the Jets was never the question, obviously – the last couple games cause he was hurt or whatever, but like the first game of the year, like he was I mean, he had like seven targets before he got hurt. And then he had like 10 rushes before he got hurt. So like the volume question was never there. It was just the team was bad. So if he goes to any other team, like the team's going to be better, but there's no other team I can think of that's going to have better volume for him unless they bench their starter, et cetera. So I would say if you can trade him, trade him. I mean, you don't want to throw him away for nothing, but I not trading for him for that same reason. Uh, I don't know who he goes to where his value will be anything you'd want to start, I guess. And then, I mean, you have to hold on to him. You can't drop him. You just got to take the, take the L on the bench, I guess. And then just kind of go from there.
1: Let's hope he lands somewhere that doesn't affect another active fantasy running back, but also gives Lev some opportunity here. We've seen the, uh, the, uh, RBBC, the running back by committee approach in the NFL for the last couple of years. And look in certain teams like, um, the Browns, for example, obviously with Nick Chubb healthy, uh, it has worked great for multiple running backs to be effective. Uh, we just have to see him land in the proper spot. All right, let's move on here to the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really looking forward to this game, man. This is obviously a you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, great talent all over the field, a ton of fantasy uh, speculation in this game and potentially playoff seating on the line already in week five with the Packers undefeated at 4-0, And the Buccaneers, 3-2, and but looking real good, and 2-0 and at home in Tampa Bay. So for the Packers, you start your studs. My question to you is, do you think Tay Adams is going to be ready to go here? I know he's questionable and, and should be active and ready, but I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Also, Robert Tanyan, three touchdowns last time out. Is he a fluke? Do you think that's the real deal? The Packers were on a bye last week, so we haven't seen him since that game. On the other side, your boy TB12 and Gronk, Seem to be, you know, clicking a little bit more. He still has not had Godwin for much. Mike Evans catching touchdowns, but not really getting the yardage. And then, do we believe in Rojo? Leonard Fournette was an basically an active scratch last week. Um, Cameron Brate has surfaced a little bit. A lot of their other receivers have been injured there. So there's a lot of names in this game for fantasy. But who do you trust with the Packers and the Buccaneers?
0: Yeah, I mean, you start Rogers, you start Aaron Jones. If Adams plays which I think he's going to. He's going to get Carlton Davis, who's been pretty locked down, but Adams moves all around the field, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, that's really – I mean, like, Tanyan, I, I don't know. I mean, like, if you picked him up, you probably picked him up with the intention to play him, so you got to play him in a game like this. But, I, like, I don't know really his value because we haven't seen him really in a game with Adams that matters. I think I want to say a good game against a good defense where now they're going to have to actually respect him in game plan for him. Uh, so I would just stick with the main three. And if you have to throw uh, Tanya in there, uh, I would. Um, on the flip side, I mean, I, th- I think you start Brady. I don't know where where you – I don't think Brady's, like, game script or, like, matchup dependent. He's going to get you what he's going to get you. Obviously, we saw the, the 40-some or whatever against the Chargers, um, whatever. I guess I don't, I don't really know why that sort of happened because then last week we go against the Bears defense – uh, not we, they go against the Bears defense and they just get shut down. The Bears defense is good, but so is the Chargers too. So I don't really get the whole translation there with the the way they called plays, but you start him, Rojo. I mean, he looks like the feature back now Fournette should be playing. Maybe he's still kind of questionable. So we'll see, but if Fournette's out, Rojo has to be a top 15 running back, in my opinion, um, receivers, obviously you play Edwin's if Godwin's out, you could maybe throw a flyer on Tyler Johnson. Um, yeah. He showed, Pretty good – Uh, in the, in the the place he had last week, he seemed pretty good. Uh, Scotty Miller, yeah. I mean, like, if Godwin's out and Miller plays, and obviously you play Miller over Tyler Johnson, but I don't know if Miller's going to play either. And then the tight ends, I don't – I don't even know – the same thoughts I had going into the season. I don't even know how to slice it up. Obviously, O.J. Howard's hurt, and to me, that should make it more obvious. But then they played Tanner Hudson the first drive and threw him, like, three targets. So, like, I just don't even – there is no tight end one on this team. Sometimes Brady doesn't even play, and then sometimes he gets like 10 targets a game. So I don't really know the way they slice it up here. So I'd say stick with Rojo, the two receivers, and Brady. And maybe if you have to pivot to Godwin's replacement of Scotty Miller, you could.
1: Scotty Miller did play last week, but he did not have a target. So not yeah. only did he not have a reception, but he didn't have a target. I was excited about him coming in because Godwin was out. Um, that was interesting. He did run the third most – routes for the Buccaneers last week but he was kind of uh hampering with a a hamstring and a groin injury and maybe he was just kind of a a decoy out there to move defenders off but Tyler Johnson man rookie out of Texas played really well and um Brady is going to find his guy so I think that's a nice uh, kind of a deeper sleeper move there especially in daily fantasy if you need somebody for cheap and Rojo, over 100 yards last week, looked really good. I got to be honest, I'm pretty surprised and uh, how effective he has been here, um, as I just pretty much thought he was in the uh, permanent doghouse for Bruce Arians, but it looks like um, he has played quite effectively there. So that's going to be a great game um, for the NFC in the uh, afternoon slate. All right, let's jump into Sunday Night Football. We got the Rams and the 49ers. Again, the Rams playing very well here, 4-1, and one. 2 and 1 on the road, 49ers 2 and 3, th- 0 and 3 at home. All right. So that clearly is unacceptable. The Rams are favored in this game. Uh, I don't think anybody saw that coming into the season. It's got one of the higher over/unders on the week, almost 52 points. Rams are playing great, the 49ers are not playing well. Even if Jimmy plays, the quarterback is a is a question mark. Raheem Mostert came back last week, played very well. That should still be a committee. George Kittle, only four receptions last week. That should obviously go up as well. Debo Samuel got back in the mix last week. Brandon Ayuk has played very well. On defense, though, they've been unfortunately getting shredded. On the offensive side for the Rams, though, they've been playing very well. Also, Henderson came back with a big game but didn't do anything two weeks ago. Cam Akers is starting to get back in the flow here of course malcolm brown is still around robert woods caught a long touchdown but he hasn't been very effective at least getting peppered the way that i think we thought he would he's getting rushing work and he's getting uh you know touchdowns ish so he's fantasy relevant but if he doesn't score he's been almost a bust weekly cooper cup is automatic look i gotta say man lucas you were calling way early in the spring like march april when we pick things back up after the super Bowl. You would mention right away that you were fading Tyler Higby more or less because of Gerald Everett's um, presence. And honestly, Gerald Everett's played very well. And he had a rushing touchdown last week. Tyler Higby had a huge game of three touchdowns a few weeks ago, but hasn't done much the rest of the season. So that's a that's a pretty good call there. Jared Goff, I think, is, a, is an automatic and super flex for sure. Could be a streamer if Sherman is still out there against the 49ers. Again, a lot of fantasy names here, but I think this could be a little bit of a, a dud game in general as um, this is a, a divisional matchup and the 49ers really need to bear down. And I think they might just run the ball to death in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Rams offense is exactly what, I like, I guess we – it's exactly what we thought it was going to be, really. I mean, I, obviously I thought Cam Akers is going to have more of a role than he does, but it was still going to be a committee. So we just faded them. Goff is – goth like he's he's never going to improve to be what he was when they went to the Super Bowl and he's never really going to get worse than from what he is right now it's just kind of the the system he's in it's hard to get worse but it's also hard to repeat because of his talent what he did when they went to the Super Bowl so I think you play him the running backs if you can avoid it just avoid it in general because it changes every week I don't even know the snap counts but it's got to be there's got to be a new leader every week or a new target leader every week or something like that play the two receivers, and when it comes to the tight ends, I mean, like it's – I I don't even know if it's like something that people miss. I think people just like didn't want to actually realize like what this offense was because they weren't going to run 12 personnel. All the signs showed they weren't going to run 12 personnel all this time. They weren't going to have Tyler Higbee to be their their new Travis Kelsey because that's just not how their offense runs, and I think people are seeing that. Obviously, Higbee had a three-touchdown game, I think, what, two weeks ago, but you can't bank on that every week but then you come in here next week or two weeks, or whatever Everett is doing whatever it's supposed to be doing, being an athletic tight end and it's efficient. So we'll see how it plays out again this week. I'd have to imagine that they're going to have to use the tight ends a little more, especially if Sherman plays, but they're going to have to use Everett in creative ways because Kyle Shanahan's still a good coach. They've had two, I don't know, the two dud games, I guess, not even dud. They switched quarterbacks in both games. Like it's, They're injured, they just aren't really, they brought in Mostert last week. So they're just kind of like slowly easing into, I think, getting back to normal, if that makes sense. Um, On the flip side, I'm assuming Jimmy G's starting, I would say, if you can avoid playing him, just avoid it, because obviously if this is not a dud, or if the Niners are not, the last two games were not fluky and they actually just aren't that good. Like Jimmy G can get benched. If he can get benched by the Dolphins, he can get benched playing against the Rams. So maybe try and avoid if you can. But obviously, play him if you have to. The running backs, it, Mostert was supposed to be eased in last week. They had a ton of negative game script, and McKinnon saw zero work, basically. And it made zero sense. Um, but I think really what it showed is that Mostert is their guy when he's out there. So I would say you got to play Mostert. And if you have to throw in McKinnon just because due to bye weeks or injuries, then go for it. He's the, he should return back to a flex piece, at least. And then, yeah, you play Ayuk um, just because of the create, creativity. Um, I don't, has Debo been playing? I really haven't been like following that closely.
1: Debo did play last week. Yes.
0: Did he, I don't know. I don't really, did he like, is, is there, like think, the IU? yeah, it seems like I like yeah, the main focal point, but. Well, he is right
1: now, but I think Debo, again, I think it was just a matter of like getting him back after, uh, you know, being out for a lot of the summer and then getting back into the swing of things. Also, this game was a blowout early. So, Debo is not a uh, downfield threat, right? Where he's going to come in the game and make a difference on some big plays in the passing game. He's going to take a, take a slant for 35 yards or, or run a reverse. He's basically Robert Woods. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. effective. They draw up plays for him. They also do that for Ayuk. And, of course, George Kittle usually is the focal point of the offense. Two weeks ago, George Kittle had 15 targets, 15 receptions, 183 yards and a touchdown. Plus he missed in this uh, extra point or uh, two point conversion this week or last week, I should say just four receptions. So uh, this offense was thrown off right away. You know, Jimmy wasn't playing well, whether he was injured or not, he was making mistakes through those two costly interceptions. And frankly, the, you know, kudos to the dolphins, man. Um, You know, shouts out to our boy uh, Tyler Uh, the dolphins played well and they, they got a big W, but um, I think the 49ers are going to bounce back in a big way, especially at home. This is a must-win game for them in this division. This division is fantastic, man. We're going to talk about the Cardinals in a second, but the 49ers are last in the division right now behind an undefeated uh, Seahawks team, a 4-1 and Rams team, a 3-2 and Cardinals team, and the Niners are 2-3. Th- are and So they need to get a win in a hurry, and they especially have to win this game against the Rams. So I do expect them to, to ride the run. Go through Kittle, get Debo more involved, get Ayuk involved here, and just try to uh, try to escape here with a victory. But Debo got some work. Um, I think he's really a buy low at this point, uh, but he should be fine moving forward. All right, let's move into the cart. Uh, the first of two Monday night games here. So, the Chiefs and the Bills game was moved to Monday Night Football. That game is going to be at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So for me on the West Coast, that's a 2 o'clock afternoon game. Love that. Then we have, of course, the Cardinals and the Cowboys for the actual Monday night game at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. So let's start with the Chiefs and the Bills, Lucas. The Chiefs get upended by the Raiders, suffer their first loss. They're 4-1 on the season. It was a shootout in Las Vegas, and uh, they got upended here. Um the bills also suffer their first loss against the titans on tuesday night football both of these teams were undefeated coming into last week both of them suffered their first loss there each 4 and 1 the chiefs are 2 and 0 on the road the bills are 2 and 0 at home this game is in uh, orchard park new york for buffalo here i think it's going to be close we'll go over our pickums at the end of this episode but uh, I do think the Buffalo Bills have a chance here. Of course, with the Chiefs, as always, you start your studs. My question is, can you start Nicole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson potentially with Sammy Watkins out? On the Bills' side, do you trust Singletary if Moss isn't in there? And is there a world where having Zach Moss help healthy might actually help Devin Singletary to mix up the flow a little bit? And as we saw on Tuesday Night Football, TJ Yeldon, looked pretty good. If you're out, again, we mentioned there's nine startable running backs out for uh, bye weeks this week. Do you think T.J. Yeldon is worth it? Is Singletary worth it on this side? And uh, how do you feel about the rest of this bill's offense?
0: Yeah, I mean, on the Chiefs' side, obviously you're playing your guys. Um Watkins, yeah, obviously is out, they've said. Um, I don't know. The whole McCool-Hartman thing, like I guess you can play him, but like – I feel like there's so many other plays you could have this week. I don't know. It's just like everyone, there's there's never been a good time for him to like actually go into this role that people think he's gonna have. But then there is good times when Watkins are out, is out and he just like doesn't do it sometimes. This is super hit or missed, like where there's no way you can like, oh, this is a good week to play McCole Hardman. This is not a good week to play McCole Hardman. So I think you can play him if you want. I would say try and pivot and find like a clay pool or someone else like that um, that would have a better floor with similar upside. Just as we saw last week, um, DeMarcus Robinson, no, I would, I would avoid him if possible. Back on the Bills side, I mean, the Chiefs run defense is bad. It's very, very bad. And I, I guess if – I don't know. You can't play Yeldon. I don't think. I think it's, there's this, like, circumstance of when Singletary was out that he caught that touchdown – because obviously that's Zach Moss's role to a certain extent um, that we saw in week one. Um So if Zach Moss is playing, you play Moss, you play Singletary, just because they're going to, I personally, I think the Chiefs get them pretty good in this game. I just don't think, I think Buffalo is just, they're a little bit behind the Chiefs, the Seahawks and the Packers. I just think that they're not there yet. Um, they're kind of like in the lower end of the Steelers range. So I think they're still a step behind them. I mean, we definitely saw that last night um against the Titans. Yeah. Two nights ago against the Titans. So, Singletary lock him in. If Moss plays, put him in your flex. I would just stay away from Yeldon, even if Moss – if Moss is out, I would still stay away with Yeldon. And the receivers, I mean, Diggs is a beast. Beasley looked pretty good last night. I don't know if that was circumstance of John Brown sitting out. I figured John Brown sitting out to play in this game on Monday because that was a super, super late scratch. So, I think it was just more of a on-the-fence thing. And then, uh, obviously, the game Monday. So, it was more of a look-ahead, I think. But I would still play – if, if Brown's out, play Beasley. If Brown's in, I would probably sit Beasley unless you have a deeper league and then play Brown. And then, yeah, Dawson Knox hasn't done anything yet this year. So just stick with the main guys, I wouldn't try and mess around with it too much. How do you feel about Gabriel Davis? Uh, I mean, like, good dynasty stash because he's seen a lot of, like, surprising work. Like, I knew he was going to be pretty good and that he would eventually have a role because obviously Brown's pretty old, Beasley's pretty old. But he got he's gotten a lot of special teams and not just actual work in general. I don't think you can play him in any redraft leagues, but I think deeper leagues maybe. But I think in Dynasty, he's definitely a good stash that people probably aren't really caring to look up, think about because they're just watching Josh Allen throw for four touchdowns so they could care less who he's throwing to. Uh, but eventually Davis will slide into that sort of John Brown-ish role if Brown were to retire or leave. I agree. And, and Davis looked really
1: good on Tuesday, and he's looked good in general. Uh, so I do think he is worth a, a, a deeper league stash there. Uh, just in case of injury or you know one of these guys fading out or even for next year if you're in a keeper or a dynasty league a big thing to note with the bills defense that got torched of course everybody saw norman get his shit kicked in from derrick henry which is kind of refreshing because i think norman's a punk anyway and that was just nice to see but the titans offense crushed all around johnny smith mm-hmm. went off And A.J. Brown came back after three games. He went off. Ryan Tannehill had a great game. Uh, They didn't even have Corey Davis in. And, of course, Derrick Henry did his thing against a vaunted Bills defense. But you have to realize that Trey White was not playing in this game. And that was a huge hole. And you could see it over and over, Uh, in the secondary particularly. But just, you know, they were out of sorts. And he's the team captain out there on defense. He was out. If he misses again against this Chiefs, man, it's going to be ugly. If he can play and be healthy – I think it's going to be closer than people think. I just think that in Buffalo, the Bills are a different animal. They just, again, got you know embarrassed, frankly, by a Titans team that was off 16 days. And I think Sean McDermott's going to get them back in the swing of things and get back to their game, um, running the football, playing defense well. And of course, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and the Bills don't have the offense to compete with the Chiefs in a shootout. But we have seen the Chiefs, man, a couple times this year. Of course, they get upended by the Raiders. But Justin Herbert, in his first career start for the Chargers, should have beat the Chiefs as well. They've had a couple opportunities where Mahomes has pulled it out at the end. But the Chiefs have not yet been the automatic Chiefs yet that I've seen. They're very, very good. Obviously, they can beat anybody any given week, obviously. But if the Bills play Bills football and the Chiefs miss a beat for some reason, Uh, I do think there's an, there's an opportunity here for the bills to sneak one out, but it'll be, it'll be close. I think it really determines, uh, if, um, Trey white plays or not there for the bills. All right, man, last game on the slate. Let's get into the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys, Arizona, as I mentioned, three and two Dallas Cowboys, two and three, they sneak away with a victory against the giants to avoid going one and four. But of course they lose Dak Prescott for the season, brutal injury, super sad, uh, For fantasy, for NFL, and just on a human level, Dak is seems to be one of the better dudes in the league. Um, He's, you know, he lost a family member earlier this year. He's been through quite a bit in his personal life, and uh, they put him on the franchise tag, and it was just a real sad situation. So, wishing the best for Dak Prescott as a human being. Um, For fantasy purposes, man, we have Andy Dalton coming in. He did well in Cincinnati a number of seasons. He's been a little bit banged up over the years. A.J. Green has faded dramatically, obviously. We've seen that. And he hasn't really had a ton of weapons outside of A.J. Green or Tyler Eifert in Cincinnati for years. Now he arguably has the best wide receiver core in the league, arguably the best running back in the league. And the Cowboys offensive line is not what it used to be, but it's still very, very good. And their defense is horrendous. So I'm interested to see how you feel about Andy Dalton for fantasy purposes. On the other side, Cardinals, you start Kyler Murray, you start New Hopkins. I think you can even start Christian Kirk against the secondary. My question is in the backfield, man. Kenyon Drake, I don't even know if he's the starter anymore. Chase Edmonds has come in, played very, very well. They don't really have a tight end to speak of, and their defense is not very good. So this should be a shootout. There should be a ton of NFL points. It's got the highest over-under outside of the Chiefs game um this week and the cardinals are favored in this one in Dallas there's a lot of firepower here in this game how do you think Andy Dalton's going to do and what do you think about this cardinal backfield
0: yeah i mean i think like I, this is dalton's best really team he's ever been on i think he's definitely good enough to to be a middle qb2 with obviously the upside the be a qb1 i the thing i think that I don't know if people are like – I think people know, but, like, this team, this offense is going to see such a regression in terms of not, like, the the numbers – obviously the numbers they're putting out, but, like, the efficiency that they've had, right? Like, I think they're still going to be a good team to a certain extent. Like, obviously they're not a great team, but I think they're going to be okay. Dalton will do just fine, but they're just not going to see these games where Lamb's going over 100 yards while Cooper's going over 150 while Zeke's getting 100 yards. Like, that's just not going to be possible with a team – that just doesn't have Dak. Frankly, like that's just what it is. They might focus on the run more. They might. This might make them focus on their defense more, maybe, because they know they can't get bailed out by just throwing the ball all over the place. But Dalton, I think, in the Super Flex leagues, he was the number one priority. I have Dak in a couple of leagues, so I had to throw basically all my budget just to make sure I got his replacement. Um, but I think in terms of like the the way it falls out, I guess for the players. I mean, I think this eliminates any gallop bounce back possibly, just because they're you already have what Gallup is now, and then now you're eliminating production. Like, it just doesn't make sense to add back Lane will be okay. Obviously, he's not going to be as high-producing uh, every week as it used to be, same with Cooper, but I think they're going to be fine. You just have to kind of adjust kind of your expectations for him. And on the Cardinals' side, I mean, Drake is still seeing all the red zone rushes, basically. I think, like, Edmonds has, like, three the whole year. But Edmonds seems to be getting the high-priority catches, I guess, or targets, so I don't really – I want to say play them both. I guess it's kind of like I think you just got to play them both and then just one. Of the, hopefully one of these weeks, one, one of them takes over, I guess. I don't know. I think it's this kind of people wanted Edmonds to be the starter, but I just think it's not feasible for him to actually be the starter because they're not going to just let Drake go after this franchise tag and they're going to use him for the year and then let Edmonds take over. So I think just play them both and we'll see maybe if um, one of them eventually takes over.
1: All right, Joe. Can you hear me? Sorry, I think I had a little disconnection there. Sorry about that. Yeah, I okay, What you think-
0: you're on mute or something?
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna just have disconnected. I had mentioned earlier this week, man. I've um, we've had some disconnection issues on the podcast. Unfortunately, my lady's working from home. My my kids doing homeschool. Uh, <laughs> the Wi-Fi can only do so much in these crazy times, man. Apologies about that. I was mentioning or trying to, rather. I do think that Michael Gallup is going to have an opportunity here. We saw. Andy Dalton come in nine for 11, 111 yards. And Michael Gallup was most of that. Um, CeeDee Lamb has just been better than Michael Gallup. So I think he's going to get the, he's going to get the attention of uh, Buda Baker and Patrick Peterson, as well as Amari Cooper, of course. So I think that might allow Michael Gallup to be open um, more often set free. And he did have two great sideline catches from Andy Dalton when he came in. So I think there's opportunity there if you're desperate. I really think this is going to be an uptick for Zeke Elliott. Um, I think they're just going to give him the ball a ton and let him do work. And, you know, again, as much as Alexander Madison is important for the Vikings, clearly we see that coming into fruition this week. Tony Pollard has been very, very effective on limited touches this year. If he gets an opportunity, if Zeke either goes down, obviously we don't wish that, but anything can happen this season, or if he just, you know, needs a breather every once in a while. I think Tony Pollard um, – should be, you know, managed in every uh, league, of course, but uh, he could be potentially a spot start against a, a Arizona defense that can't seem to stop anybody on the ground. So could be interesting there, man. And um, we'll see what happens with Drake and Edmonds, but I know that Drake uh, managers are getting very, very frustrated already as uh, really he should be, or he seems to be healthy, and Edmonds is still putting in the work. All right, man, that wraps up our afternoon slate. Also, fun fact here, going back to the Brown, uh, the uh, Broncos, I neglected to mention, and I apologize, Lucas, because I know you're a, a football historian. I want to throw you this nugget: 1978, your boy Bill Belichick was an assistant coach for the Denver Broncos. So I think he's probably got some intel on your boys there. I hope, uh, I hope it's not too much, and you guys can get a big win in Foxborough. Let's get through your pickems real quick, man, and then we will get out of here and tune it into Friday tomorrow with Chris Benavides of the commission FFP for the TCK leagues breakdown. Lucas, we've gone through all of the analytics. We've gone through all of the breakdowns. I'm going to give you two teams. You give me one back straight up. Pick them who you got this week, Denver at new
0: England. I'm going Denver on the basis of they moved this game back. Just a so little Cam Newton could play. So I'm just going to root for the Broncos, obviously in this one,
1: New York jets at Miami. I think Miami rolls them. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Green Bay. LA Rams, San Francisco 49ers.
0: I'm taking the Niners. I know they're 0-2 at home, but I'm going to take Shanahan after a bad game, the flute game. I think he'll respond to the to the Rams here.
1: Shanahan uh, got to get over his boy McVeigh. Uh, McVay. Man, it's a big game for the 49ers here. Monday night football, Kansas City at Buffalo.
0: Kansas City. I think they I think they handle him pretty good.
1: Arizona at Dallas for the second Monday night game.
0: I still think Dallas, even with Dalton is a better team. I just think they're not the team. Obviously they're not the team, like we said, that they were before, but I still think they're the better team here.
1: I'm going to go with new England at home over Denver. I'm going to go with Miami at home as well. I'm going to go with green Bay over Tampa Bay. I just think too much firepower with Aaron Rodgers, especially if Devontae Adams is 100%. I'm going to take my Niners. Of course, on Monday night, I'm going to actually go with Buffalo as of right now. If Trey White plays and he's healthy, I think this could be the – maybe not the upset of the year because Buffalo is also 4-1, and one, but this could be a huge, huge game if uh, Trey White plays and and they're, they're healthy. So I'm going to take Buffalo for now. If Trey White's out, I'm going to swing Kansas City, and I'm going to go with Arizona even in Dallas. I think uh, Arizona's offense is going to be too much, and I'm just not sure how much Dallas is going to click – in the first week with Andy Dalton. All right, Lucas, it's been a pleasure, man. So nice to have you back on the podcast. Um, again, wishing you the best. I hope things have been uh, gotten back in order for you a little bit. And I really look forward to doing this weekly with you, man. I know that the TCK Podders have missed you. So I appreciate you tuning in. Everybody make sure to go leave a rate and review here for the TCK pod. Wherever you listen to your podcast, listen to us on Stitcher, on Apple on Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, leave us a rate and review. A five star would really, really help us out. Follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK Pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. We've got our live rankings and articles at TCK and catch us tomorrow for Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP to break down the TCK Pod Listener League. Lucas, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you again next week. For Lucas Caser. I'm Sky Guasco, episode 283 in the books. We'll catch you tomorrow, y'all. We are out of here.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.